Welcome to the Keep Cool Show, the only place to hear cutting-edge climate tech founders pitch their businesses in real time and on a podcast. I'm Nick Van Osdal. Let's jump in. There's never been a greater wealth of investment options available to all types of investors than there is now. The same goes for data. The last 10 years have seen an explosion in the amount of data investors can collect on companies and funds in their portfolios. Making sense of all that data is the next frontier, especially when it comes to investors focused on putting their money to work for sustainable and impact-based causes. Today's interview features Stefania Di Bartolomeo, the CEO and founder of Physis. Physis's mission is to empower investors and investment managers to build more sophisticated and sustainable portfolios. Their platform will also allow investment managers to have more educated conversations with their clients about their portfolios as well. Physis's impact investing platform aggregates data from countless sources, whether it's ESG ratings or emissions disclosures from public companies. For instance, did you know that Converse, a Nike brand, uses 11 plastic bottles in each pair of shoes that they create? That's one of the millions of data points you could learn and have access to as a Physis user, and one of the ones that you'll learn in this podcast. In this episode, myself and my co-host Dan Lichtenberg, the founder of climate-focused KK Capital, went in-depth with Stefania on Physis's mission and their theory of change. First, we discussed Stefania's perspective on why the time for investing to evolve is now. Since the inception of modern investing, and especially modern portfolio theory, most of the conversations have always been strictly about financials. Physis exists to show the world that there's a whole lot more to any company's story, and to enable investors to act on this information. We'll also discuss Stefania's unique perspective on which approach to sustainable investing is most impactful divestment or taking an activist investor's approach and intentionally allocating to companies that are leaders in positive impact. This was a piece of the conversation that I particularly enjoyed. Finally, we'll dig in deep on how regulatory tailwinds are just the tip of the iceberg for sustainable investment and why these will be a big tailwind for Physis as well. Sound like a plan? Let's go for it. Welcome to the Keep Cool Show, Stefania. Would love to start with a 90 or 120 second elevator pitch on Physis. Hi, Nick. Thank you for having me today. Physis is a fintech platform, and we help investors understand the impact of their money on the planet. Since the day of the first investment, we can help investors understand how much water was used or recycled by the company in their portfolio, how much CO2 was generated, and many more information. Sounds like you're aggregating all kinds of different types of data. Where do you source all this from? Is a lot of it publicly available and just needs to be aggregated? Or do you have to dig deeper to source all the different data that you make available for investors? This is an amazing question. Indeed, some of our most important development is starts from collecting data from different data sources. So we have built an in-house system that goes and reviews information directly from company reports company website, but we also integrate over 10 different data sources to really have a comprehensive uh, database that provides over 56 million data points on over 10,000 companies. And the hard part, Nick, is that companies report even the same type of data in different ways. So we probably might have Nike reporting CO2 emission in one specific way, and then Adidas doing the same, but using a different metrics. So our system, after taking all of this data, 
put it into our huge database, and we have built in-house algorithms to normalize the data and do a detailed data quality check. What was the design process like for some of those algorithms that might standardize something like emissions across two companies with two possibly very different approaches to how they report those? So I have to say, early on, it was really our analysts reviewing the differences and start building algorithms. And then from there, we have built a machine learning system. And then from there, we have built an alert system. So as of today, our system is mostly automated, but in case there is, in case there is a problem, uh, there is an alert that goes to our analysts. They go review the problem and keep improving our machine learning. <laughs> so it took time, you know, it took time. We really started from analysts doing uh, their research, building the algorithms, building the machine learning. And then now it's still important that they go and review with their insight in case there is a problem. So, you know, for the investors that are already starting to use your platform, what have you found are some of the most the data points that they're most interested in and what comes up the most often in conversations with people that are kind of coming inbound and are interested in FISA's product? It really depends. Women, they do want to understand gender equity information. They want to invest in uh, companies that support other women. So for them, that's very important. Just like for them, it's very important safety. We can even tell how many people died at company facilities over a course of six years. I know, it's very detailed. So women really care about social aspect uh, as well as women empowerment information. We see um, men, like male investors, having more uh, interest towards the environment, towards indicators like water or CO2 emission, but also towards technology. So for example, if there's technology company that is using less energy, that's something that uh, male investors really get excited about. For example, Facebook itself has been decreasing their own use of energy and have transitioned to use more of energy coming from renewable sources. That's an information that you can find on our platform, and that's an information that male investors get more excited about. It. Interesting. Quite often, we only focus on sustainable information related with the business operation. But there is so much to also discover about the products and services that business produce and generate. So at FISIS, we also deep dive into that type of research. And we can tell you that, for example, if we invested in Converse, that it's a, a Nike brand, Converse uses 11 plastic bottles to create one pair of shoes. As far as what you're seeing with, within your customers or within folks that you talk to, are people using the product, the data, the insights, are they using them to design investment strategies to generate you know, more alpha or more returns? Or are they using them to feel better or feel more aligned with the companies that they're supporting with their, with their capital? This is a great question. So we sell our product to uh, in financial institutions. So analysts, portfolio managers, um, they use our platform. And they generally do this for two reasons. The first one is to build sophisticated portfolios that really can make an impact. And the second reason why they use our platform is to prove that they are making a positive impact to their clients. And with an enhanced storytelling, they can really build a stronger connection with their final clients, so with the investors. If we think about this, since investing was born, uh, the overall portfolio narrative has been only on financial metrics. 
but there is so much to know about what really happened to your money once you start investing. And no one is telling you that story. As fast as we do. And by telling that story, we empower portfolio constructor people to build more uh, detailed and uh, sophisticated sustainable portfolios, but also to provide proof to their clients they're doing so. And enabling the final investors, the retail, the institutional investors, to really understand how their money is making an impact on the planet behind alpha, beta, certino metrics. There are very strict financial information. I'm guessing that these financial institutions, they have access, they've worked with, you know, kind of other types of data sets that are designed for, to answer these types of questions for investors who are interested in ESG factors. Can you talk a little bit about what those are and what the shortcomings might be? So there are so many ESG rating agencies. So these are companies, well-established companies that provide a rating related to one single issuer. So related to one single company. For example, we have MSCI ESG, we have Sustainalytics. By the way, I'm a former employee of Sustainalytics. Before I became a fund manager, I used to work there in their Amsterdam office. MSCI ESG is another big, big ESG data provider. We don't compete with them in the sense that the, all, the work that we do is complementary to what they do. They are rating agencies. They tell you why Nike is worth 90 out of 100. But, and then they give you a detailed analysis, like a 60 page report that explain Nike's sustainability effort. What we do at FISIS is slightly different. So we take underlying information that tells the story of why Nike might be worth 90. So we, we go and really say how much water Nike uses, how much electricity Nike has, has used. We can go and see how much waste was recycled or produced by Nike. And then we implement different, we have implemented different tools and functionalities on the FISIS platform to help investors build sustainable portfolios. So we are not just a data company. We start by collecting data. And then we also have developed tools that can make the life of financial professional easier in building sustainable portfolios. So that's why our offering is extremely complementary to MSCI ESG or Sustainalytics that remain amazing ESG rating agencies. Yeah. Is the core way that somebody, let's, let's say, like interacts with your product, is it by like, Going kind of like top down, starting with a company's score and drilling down and drilling down and drilling down? Or is it kind of the opposite? Is it kind of starting with that raw data and, and then kind of like working your way up to, I guess, like a, a theory of what the, what the value of that company is? So my vision was to bring transparency to the financial industry. But when you build a product, you have to build a product around the client needs. So we have been beta testing every uh, platform development and evolution really since day one. So the product right now is a smart client interface built based on the feedback we have received, which means what clients really wanted to see is a solution where they could easily input a company or even a portfolio, click on one button, and then have access to all the detailed information that um, could be accessed through the FISIS platform. So for example, if we input an ETF, like an iShare ETF from BlackRock, you can type the ticker or the ISIN of that uh, fund, hit on run, 
the system is going to collect live financial and sustainable data. Okay. We also include financial data on the platform because we want it to be the go-to sustainable platform for all sustainable-minded investors. And of course, when you invest, you do invest considering also financial criteria, which will be, which are accessible to the platform. Anyway, you type the iShare, um, Russell 1000, you hit and run. We give you information. The first information you see is about the coverage that we have which in gen- generally, for example, for that fund that I remember is 99%. The only thing that we don't cover are cash because cash cannot be covered by sustainable assessment. The second thing to, you can do is to go and understand the impact information. We have identified impact information in different categories. So from uh, equity to uh, labor management to uh, waste management, water management, for example. So you go under each one of that and you can see detailed information as an aggregate of the portfolio or for every single company in the portfolio. And we calculate this since the day of the first investment. So for example, Nick, you probably have invested in this ETF since three years ago, and then you started two years ago. Nick impact is different than your impact then. We are able to estimate impact on a daily basis because companies just like financial performance that changes every day contribute to negative or positively to the environment every day. Something you can also see on the platform, it is very important, is the products and services that they produce. So why are they even using water? Why are they using electricity? So you move to this next level, which is product. But you can also consider uh, that probably you want to understand the involvement that companies have related to things that you don't believe might be aligned with your values. So for example, a lot of Catholic investors do not want to invest in stem cell. We can tell if a company has any type of involvement in stem cells, either at a company level or as an aggregate of the portfolio. Yeah, I can definitely appreciate, like if I were constructing a portfolio or evaluating an existing one, if I had a client that was had a bunch of different criteria that they wanted to either avoid or overemphasize, I could definitely appreciate the value of the FISIS tool for doing that. And it brings me to a broader question, which is, I'd be curious to hear you talking about kind of your theory of change for, you know, in an ideal world, beyond having more informed conversations with their clients, like what would you like to see asset managers, you know, what types of actions would you like to see them taking based off of insights that FISIS provides them with? Is it divesting from things that aren't positively impactful for the, for the planet or investing in things that are? Thank you. This is a a great question. So first, the power of FISIS is is to bring awareness. Uh, We cannot act on anything if we're not aware. So FISIS brings this awareness that there was not on the market before. The second thing that I really uh, believe in is that we need to, we have so many challenges in the world, inequalities, pollution, And in order to change the status quo, we need to allocate money to this. So the power of sustainable investing is right there. If we invest our money uh, in companies and product that contribute to make this world a better place, it's a positive loop. It's a win-win because we're going to get money back, you know, financial return, and we're going to generate a positive impact. So of course, my goal is that my platform can bring a different level of awareness that investor can act on it. 
to build this positive loop and reinforcing positive loop of investing in companies and projects that protect the environment and give back financial return. At the same time, I also believe that divesting is not the solution. When you divest from a company that it's not exactly where you think it should be on a sustainable profile, you are giving probably an opportunity to not sustainable-minded investors to keep the status quo as it is. So as responsible investors, we have to invest into the transaction. We have to be the motivator, the driver of change. And if we own a company, it means that we have the right to go and tell to that company how to improve. Indeed, I'm a huge fan of green bonds. So green bonds are a special instrument in the capital market. They've been used by numerous utilities to finance their transformation towards green energy. EDF, for example, is a, a great example in Europe. We need to believe that to make sure that change happens, there are two things that are needed, money and time. And as investors, we have the responsibility of making sure that that change will happen. Yeah, that's a really refreshing perspective. I actually hadn't thought about divestment in that way, but you do miss out on the opportunity to potentially agitate for positive change when you divest. How do you make the life of the, can I say advisor, easier in building a sustainable portfolio? So beside the reporting tool, uh, we have built a tool that we call it screening. So a portfolio manager, a financial advisor can screen down an investment universe based on financial criteria and sustainable criteria. So they can start from a universe of all the ETF in, in the US or all the corporate small cap in, in Europe and then identify some financial criteria that they want to meet and as well as sustainable criteria. The system is going to give them a list of all the companies that meet their goals. Then we also have a robot advisor. So a robot advisor is meant to really build a portfolio based on financial goals of an investors and their sustainable goals. And again, also the robot advisor can uh, be run either using a fund of funds portfolio or for single stock speaking. That is a good kind of lead in to the business side of things. Let's start with attraction. I'd love to hear where the managers that you're getting to use Vices right now, kind of where they're coming from and, and how that's been over the past year. Absolutely. So we soft lunch last summer and we started getting our first paying client uh, right after. And uh, this was extremely exciting time for us. And we did not even expect to have, you know, all of this organic traction because we spent zero money in marketing. But it was really exciting. What we really did in the beginning was um, to leverage our already existing network of connections and then to see all the family offices, RIAs, asset management company between 1 billion and 50 billion active in New England and see the one that already has started some sustainable product evolution. So with cold outreach and warm intros, we started getting our first main clients. The second step that we did was to see that in Europe, there was a regulation tailwind. And so we said, well, let's see if we can explore this market. And indeed, we also start thinking about it because some clients, prospect clients, start coming from Europe and asking about what we were doing. And it was, again, still a surprise because we're like, 
how do they even know that we exist? You know, we are a Boston-based company. And I know I'm Italian, but this is a U.S. company, and it, it was built in the U.S., meant for the U.S. market. So we also start getting traction in Europe, thanks to two things. The first one is that in, in your opinion, uh, sustainable products are even more evolved than in, in the U.S. And second, there is a new regulation called SFDR that it's making mandatory for all sustainable portfolios to report in accordance with two frameworks developed by the European Union, the PAI and the AU taxonomy alignment. So FISIS, because we have this huge database of data, 56 million data point, we developed those two framework. And again, it's so easy for a client of us to comply with the new regulation. All they have to do is type the portfolio securities on the platform, hit on compliance tool, and they have exactly the report that they need to comply with the new regulation. Of course, it's it's easy for them. It, it, it was not as easy for us because behind there are really detailed calculations, sophisticated uh, algorithms. So we are also exploring opportunities in Europe. And we signed recently a contract with a group of 12,000 advisors in Europe. Brilliant. Yes, and in 10 days from now, we're going to have a lunch event in Rome for this group, and we're getting very excited about it. You know, as a startup, we are really active in two markets, the European Union and the U.S. I'd be curious about those 12,000 advisors. Are they all, do they all work for the same consortium of advisors? Like, is it one group that they all ladder up to that you got connected with? Yes, yeah, so this is a group of financial advisors. They're all into the same group. And some of them, I don't remember now the exact number, have even got spe- special training on sustainability and ESG portfolios, which is extremely exciting. And it's something that is not yet seen in the US. But I know it's coming because we're also in conversation with other larger groups of advisors in the US. And they're preparing to pretty much follow what has been happening in Europe. Yeah, it definitely feels like even though it's behind, it's starting to happen with, you know, even just this week, we had new guidelines from the SEC on emissions reporting and all kinds of different stuff related to climate risk, too. So I'm sure that'll be a good tailwind. Exactly. In in the U.S., we know it's coming. We just don't know exactly when. But the SEC has already started examination review on sustainable product to see if portfolios that are built on specific methodologies, then actually they follow up on that. And then uh, beside that, the SEC has created a task force to enhance climate change and CO2 disclosure. And last week is one of the many more that will follow in terms of uh, more uh, mandatory requirement to comply with the climate change disclosure. And there is also a proposal to move all 401k to sustainable investment. There's also a counterproposal, right? Like there's a proposal that managers shouldn't be allowed to consider ESG when talking about people's retirement asset, retirement assets in particular. I think it's, is it going through the Department of Labor and it's going through the courts and things like that? This is a great point. See, a lot of people seems to be against sustainability because they claim that that's not help with financial performance. But this is really not true. There are plenty of studies, also from Harvard, that really claim just the opposite. The main idea is that in the financial industry, there is a lot of information asymmetry. 
right? When you invest in a company, you don't really know everything that's going on in that company. So you have a higher risk. If you expand your analysis to include more than just financial criteria, you actually have a better understanding of what is happening with that company or where the company might be positioning themselves in a year or so. If they keep evolving, for example, solar panels or other solutions that are in a huge trend of demand, the integration of extra financial analysis into the portfolio construction. Now we want to call it sustainability, we want to call it ESG, we want to call it impact information, actually reduces information asymmetry, which by the classical investment portfolio theories should reduce risk and increase performance. But it also really depends on how capable is the fund manager or the portfolio manager, or how capable are the robot advisor algorithms. <laughs> I'm curious, given that I guess it hasn't been a full year yet, but maybe nine months since you all launched, have there been good examples of a client comes in for an initial test and then you expand that client? So kind of like getting to that net expansion metric that is so popular with software and or analysts of software companies. So what I can tell, uh, we had clients coming in, not really sure about it. Uh, and say, oh, I don't know how many of our clients will be interested in this type of information. And then that same clients two months later introducing <laughs> us to even more pro- prospect clients for us. So we had this. And then we also had some clients start using our product and they, they jump in saying, oh, we just want data from you through API. And then they start falling in love with the functionalities on the platform. And then they ask, can we white label part of your platform just for us and add also these other functionalities? So this has been the story uh, for now. Clients being a little skeptical sometimes and then following love with the platform with the product and uh, referring us to other clients or keep expanding their use of our own platform. Understood. And what are some of the, it's interesting that you mentioned white label and I think I imagine part of this might be tied to kind of keeping up with new regulation as it arises. But what do you imagine are some of the kind of next versions of the product that folks are going to be really interested in you all building out for them? Like, What are things that don't necessarily exist right now, but that people seem to want? So something we have um, is a request of covering also private equity companies, especially from asset management companies. This is a, a, a growing demand. And um, we even have one client that has asked us to um, assess over 300 private equity companies. For this specific client, we built a solution that's slightly different from our machine learning system that we have because we couldn't really find information for those private equity companies being public available. So we built a special portal where those companies can go log in, fill in all the information that we request, and then our client can see those information directly on the FISIS platform. But our goal is also to keep expanding and covering private equity. It's just that I don't think the market is ready yet, but definitely it will be um, because there is a demand from uh, private equity investors to collect this information. So soon, soon companies will start reporting as well. This is one of the things that we will develop for sure. One question that I've kind of that's come to me a couple times as we've gone through this is, you know, if I were an advisor who knows that he needs to start having these conversations with his clients and I check out FISIS and there's 56 million data points and I'm like, 
oh my God, I have no idea where to start <laughs> with any of this. Like, how would you reframe that for me to give me three quick things that I should start with or to help contextualize everything that's available for me? So the 56 million data point might be scaring. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Uh, but uh, that's why we have really smart uh, developers and the analysts that, that work on those data and those data quality check. But for the front end user, we really have built a solution easy to understand. So let's say we, we are talking to a client and this client might tell you, I'm tired of eating fish that has eaten plastic in the ocean. So I don't, I do not want to invest in any companies that pollute. Simple. So what a portfolio constructor can do can go through the FISIS platform and say, I want to build a portfolio of US based companies that invest, um, can be, they can be from any sector, but they have a high level of plastic recycle and a low level of pl plastic sure, production, right. for example. They can do that. So they have a list of companies, for example, and then they can go and deep dive into one company. Let's take Colgate, okay? So Colgate use 100% uh, of uh, recycled packaging. And they, that's a data point, and they can use that single data point just clicking on Colgate and share that with their final client. So easy build, easy screen down, and easy share. So in a screening like that, like for example, you know, Colgate might be the example of a company that, um, yeah, maybe relative to its peers, perhaps there's like less. But I guess like if you were screening out all the companies, yeah, you might find that Facebook has a much better profile than Colgate because Colgate's like a real business and I mean, a, a physical manufacturing business and not a uh, software business. Or you might find that, you know, JP Morgan Chase also doesn't have any plastic manufacturing, but it might be the case that they finance like a, a bunch of companies that do have that footprint. So I guess like if you were, if you were starting top down and building that portfolio, how would you help an advisor, let's say, like tease out those three different companies, all of which uh, might have uh, what looks like a favorable ocean plastic footprint? This is extremely important. And thank you for touch basing on that. Touch base on this. Sorry, everybody at Facebook, Colgate and, uh, <laughs> and Chase. So uh, um, after we collect our data and, uh, and then we go into the data quality check, uh, one of the things that we do is a peer analysis, a peer evaluation. We will never compare a bank with a utility, okay? Because the information for banks can be relevant. Like water usage of banks is like, you know, <laughs> who cares? Uh, but water usage for utility. Uh, when I when I worked at a bank, we had um, waterless uh, urinals, so we actually thought very hard about <laughs> well, the. Uh... <laughs> The water right, but <laughs> we will compare Wells Fargo with Bank of America, right, and and see their water usage, and we see that uh, by peer valuation, and also looking at a trend of six years of historical data. So we we when we process data quality check, we have set the system in a way that we assess companies by sub-industries, and so also evaluate specific information for the relevance of that sub-industry. And we also have, sorry, sub-industry, but also geography. For example, there are issues in developing countries that are um, totally unrelevant in developed countries, either because of regulation or because of just the evolution. 
of those countries and, and those markets. Yeah, something Dan did ask there also, I wanted to double click on specifically, like if you're evaluating scores for a company like Chase or Wells Fargo, does FISIS also kind of dig into, you know, they make X amount of their money from financing activities that are related with tobacco or firearms or what have you, or whatever the screen is about in that instance? Yes, absolutely. We do. We can uh, even understand the amount of green loan they have given. Uh, we can understand if they're in their underwriting activities, they have uh, issued and help issued green bond or sustainable bonds. Right. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. It's an interesting question because the same way that scope three emissions, the way they're defined are like this amorphous thing that goes all the way up and down a company's value chain. Like the same thing could be true for if you're evaluating water use, like in a way, if maybe my water use as a manufacturer of some product is is stellar, but one of the companies that supplies a key input to my manufacturing process isn't. So it's kind of like, where does the data stop? But I guess that's part of the challenge. <laughs> it is part of the challenge. And again, I couldn't build this company even just five years ago because the information were not there. If you see the information we've been collecting over the last few years, they keep improving and increasing, improving and increasing. And it's it's just amazing. It is absolutely amazing. So I have no doubts that, you know, in two years, even our job will be a little easier. <laughs> That does bring me to my final question, which is I'd love to hear you just describe, you know, five years down the road, what would you be excited to see FISIS have accomplished? One of the goals I, I have for FISIS is to definitely keep growing in the European Union and in the U.S. and uh, become the go-to sustainable investment platform. We want to keep growing with financial institutions. Uh, we want to also expand our solution directly to companies, because we can also tell, uh, give this product to uh, any corporate so that they can compare their sustainability efforts towards their peers. And maybe, who knows, even expanding to other regions. Excellent. Thank you, Nick. I really had a great time telling you a little bit more about FISIS and our journey. I do welcome everyone to check out our website and reach out to us if you want to know more or explore the platform yourself. Thanks for tuning in. And don't miss next week's episode by subscribing on Spotify, Google, Apple, or wherever else you listen to podcasts.